You've written books about Black Sabbath. You've written books about um, Judas Priest, Blue Oyster Cult, uh, Dio. The list goes on and on and on. And, and they call you Canada's most widely recognized heavy metal journalist. How does that sit with you? You okay with that title? Sounds perfectly good. I guess I've written lots and lots of books and written for magazines and stuff, but there's there's quite a few of us. Canada actually punches above its weight when it comes to uh, people write, writing about heavy metal. Why Rush? What uh, you know? What's your connection to them? Well, I've always loved Rush. I was a fan since pretty much the first album. Uh, I definitely got the first or the second album as a as a new release back in seventy four, seventy five. Yeah. And uh, big Canadian band, our pride and joy. Yeah. Uh, the inventors of progressive heavy metal or progressive metal, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. And I'm here in Toronto. And years and years and years ago, I wrote an official Rush book called Contents Under Pressure. 30 Years of Rush at Home and Away. And this is semi the follow-up to that, but I also worked on the Rush movie, and that's where we got a lot of the extra footage to make this three big books. Right. So it's three books, and it takes you like right from the beginning to the end, basically? Yes. Uh, the first one's called Anthem. The second one's called Limelight. So Anthem, Rush in the 70s, Limelight, Rush in the 80s, Driven, Rush in the 90s and in the end. So it definitely takes us uh, from way, way before. I mean, the first album, 1974, but the band started really 1969-ish. Um, so it takes us right up to the end, and the, uh, in, including the, uh, you know, the tragic demise of Neil, but, uh, but yeah. also you know, a lot about um, the last show and the mystery around the last show and then what sort of happened afterwards. I mean, Rush, I, I guess you can say this about quite a lot of bands, but I mean, Rush certainly had a roller coaster ride of, of a life. The highs and lows were unbelievable. Yes, definitely. A lot of tragedy in there. You know, Neil losing his, his wife and his daughter, and then obviously the band losing Neil, and uh, the band only being a three-piece. But they had a lot of stability as well. I mean, yeah. having having those same three guys for every single record except the first one is, is quite an accomplishment. And, you know, they had, a, they had a kind of a slow rise. Not that slow, but, you know, a, a, they paid their dues, put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, but then they, they were big for a long, long time. So, uh, you know, and then they, they sort of spread out the albums and did a lot of other things and became semi-Renaissance men. All, all three of them had so many different hobbies. But yes, uh, definitely a, a lot of tragedy at the end. What about some of the good things? What is uh, something in one of those books that we are going to be perhaps laughing or rolling our eyes at to read? Well, de- definitely just the, the height of the band around moving pictures and the way yeah. the way Neil kind, kind of puts it, saying, you know, for, for a while there, we were the it band. You know, when, when, you know, the kids would walk through the high schools and go to their lockers and stuff, everybody would be talking about Rush. So that that was kind of a kind of a cool thing to see this sort of exciting level. You know, the first sort of hit of fame would have been 2112, but moving pictures was right. was kind of the big deal. And then and then they just grew the show so much too. There's there's so many stories about all the different props and stuff that they used on stage, and and you know it's just legendary. I mean, this is a band of just three guys with their hands full. And they really kind of realized early on that, uh, that hey, we got to have a lot of other things going on here to keep people interested. So, you know, be- besides the crazy playing and that, you know, the huge drum kit, there was a lot of film brought into the thing early on and, and just yeah. a lot of silly props. What can we do to stand out? What can we do to be different? What can we do to be remembered? That kind of thing. Yes, and definitely, again, this idea of really inventing a whole subgenre of hard rock or classic rock, this progressive metal idea. This Basically, Rush plays progressive rock 
with the distortion pedal turned on. I right. mean, it, it, it's almost that crudely put. It, it's literally smushing heavy metal and and progressive rock together. Nobody ever thought of doing that. Yeah. And nobody ever really was able to to copy them for a long time or or really address that genre until you get to the likes of your Fate's Warning and Dream Theater and Porcupine Tree much much later. But right. really, for a long long time, many many years, they were the only band doing that. And you've written all about it. You've got these three amazing books. Where's the best place people can go to get them? Martinpopoff.com. Everything that I have in print uh, is available through me. I sign them and send them out from my office here in Toronto. So all three in hardcover and all three in softcover. Absolutely must read for any Rush fan or even any music fan. So this is hundreds of thousands of words on Rush. Every, everything you need to know. <laughs> oh, we're going to give away a copy of uh, each right now. Um, pick a number, Martin, between 1 and 10. What color should we take? Let's go 4. Perfect. Call it number 4519-679-3733. Gets a copy of Martin Pompoff's books, uh, Limelight, Anthem, and Driven. Martin, thank you so much for, for chatting with us. Thank you. This was fun.